0: Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Corey Woods, and I am happy to be here. I want to talk about my personal experience, particularly around this topic of why do we want to control other people's thoughts about us? And what does that do? For me personally, I don't want to go into the psychosomatics or the way that our a trauma brain responds. I just want to talk about the very human nature and my own experience with my personal needs to want to control how people think about me. Now, a lot of this, I want to say the biggest lesson for me around this particular topic came through when I had gotten divorced about a year and a half ago because part of what I had to learn was to allow my ex to have the story he wants about me. Whether or not it's true, I spent the majority of my marriage fighting for like I wanted to change his story he had about me and I wanted to change his perception about me and I wanted to control the way he thought about me and it even came out after we got divorced. I was very attached. Like this was a very, I was used to responding in the relationship in this way, particularly it was I don't know it just was brought to my awareness during the last years of our marriage and then after I got divorced this was a very hard habit for me to break and I was able to get to a really peaceful place about in regards to just letting my ex have his story about me and giving him, what belongs to him, and knowing I can't control it and it's not my job to change it. So, this topic, you know, that's just a little bit of backstory about how I learned, you know, the importance of not controlling other people's perception of you. Some people call this people pleasing. They, they, They want to give it a name, but there's, there's so much to why we do this. This is just normal. And I want to start off by explaining that this is very natural and this is common. It's, there's no right or wrong to this. This is not a good or bad, this is human. And if you find yourself that you are controlling other people's perception of you, or you want to, or you have a desire to, I just want you to know that's okay. That's what we do. Awareness is the first key in changing your response systems or changing the way that you think, right? And so I remember that I learned this principle, okay? To create awareness about what you think about who you are. A lot of times, okay, here you go, stay with me when I say this. It's not what you think about yourself. It's not what other people think about you. It's what you think other people think about you is the actual truth you have about you." (laughs) That was a lot of words, but I want you to sit with that. I'm going to say it one more time. It's not what you think about you. It's not what other people think about you. It's what you think other people think about you that is actually what you think about yourself. It is actually the truth. So with that being said, people are in your life for reasons, they are generally reflecting back to you what you think about yourself. So naturally, duh, does it make sense why we want to control the way people think about us? Now, we do this for a lot of reasons, okay? Wanting to control other people's perceptions is a complex, and it's very complex, and often it's deeply rooted in human behavior, and it's influenced by so many factors. And one of the factors that perhaps it might be influenced by is, self-esteem and validation meaning that we are seeking validation and approval from other people and by doing this it boosts our own self-esteem see we want to be seen in a positive light because then we could feel good about ourselves and it's so funny because I mean we learned this at ch- we learn this as children this is a survival mechanism so to speak and we'll get you know we'll talk about that in a little bit but as children when we uh when we feel like other people care about us and when when we're seen and when we know that we're loved, you know, it, it causes a self-esteem. So we develop this habit as children because we want to be loved. We want to be liked. That's how our brains are hardwired. We attune ourselves to our caregivers, the people that we love, to our mother and father. Those are our first influential uh, people in our life that we start to develop this habit around and that's why I kind of want to point out that again this is not good or bad this is just a habit that was formed in childhood and since most of us as adults are (laughs) wounded children trapped in adult bodies you have to create some awareness around okay well what is this doing for me and how is this serving me you see we also want to control other people's perceptions because then we can gain some type of social acceptance you know we are inherently social beings right and so this need to fit in and be accepted by other people is then we try to control how they see us and oftentimes we will align with their belief systems so that you know they will like us and we use all of these weird manipulative tactics to get other people to welcome us or bring us to the tribe now a lot of times you know the fear of being judged right Will negatively affect like our experience or this fear of rejection could often be this powerful motivator in controlling what we want others to think about us Um, it's generally we do this because we want to avoid criticism or we want to avoid being excluded or we want to be avoid even being kicked out of the tribe so we don't want to feel like judgment or rejection and again we think that this is coming from other people it's hard to teach ourselves that truly the fear is something that we are creating and the rejection whether or not it's actually true our mind perceives it as true so we try to avoid it but my question to you is how are you rejecting yourself by doing this right again it comes back to it feels like to me that it's just a survival mechanism that was created by illusion right like rejection is if we're rejected, we're going to die. That's what I mean <laughs> that it's created by an illusion being rejected or potentially kicked out of a tribe in these this day and age doesn't actually cause death maybe egoic deaths for sure maybe identity deaths but not the actual death of you. So another reason that we want to, control perceptions is to maintain relationships now this topic was triggered by a really good friend of mine who was telling me he was just telling me a story and I can't even remember the story but he was he said this sentence I don't want her to think dot 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 filled fill in the blank with a million things about me and I thought why do you care what that person thinks about you. Like he was just telling me this story and and why it was good. And and he's like, well, I just don't want her to think that about me. And I'm like, and even if she did, you wouldn't be able to control that. Nothing that you're doing or saying is ever going to be able to control. You're never going to know what she's actually thinking about you. So it just gave me information about perhaps what he was thinking about himself, right? Like it's just like this classic projection that we have on other people. We want to maintain relationships or we want to maintain a certain level of status in our personal and professional relationships. So oftentimes people will present themselves in a way that creates trust and respect. And it's, that's a good thing because it's essential, like, as you're building and maintaining relationships, but at what cost are you doing that? At what cost is that actually hurting the relationship that you have with yourself? Because if you're wanting to control all the time what other people are thinking about you, that's literally a form of self-betrayal. It, it doesn't matter what they think. Thoughts are thoughts. And in fact, their thoughts don't actually define who you are anyway. So it's this Again, it comes back to, I'm going to use this word a few times, like this illusion that we have of safety. It's just we want to feel safe with who we are. And sometimes we think that if we can control other people's perceptions, that we are going to then feel safe. Isn't that so ironic? I mean, I've done that so much in my close personal relationships with other people, just like operating from this way. Anyways, I don't want to get off topic too much because this is going to be a short podcast um, episode, but a few other reasons that we try to control other people's perception is to avoid conflict. Maybe we don't want to confront another person. Maybe we don't want to really understand what their true feelings and perceptions are. Maybe we want to create harmony in relationships. Sometimes we have a cultural and social pressure uh, to play a significant role in why people, and why we try to control how we are perceived. So maybe you're a leader in an organization, maybe you are uh, this a solo parent, you know, like myself. Sometimes I find myself trying to control my kids' perception of me because I'm doing it alone and I'm supposed to be this leader in the house. And And although I am the power source within my own home, my kids don't always feel that way about me. But then I try to control that maybe they should feel this way about me. Maybe they should see that I'm X, Y, and Z. Maybe they should see that I am doing my best to provide for them. And, you know, and I I want all, I want them to know that I love them. But again, I can't control, like I can do everything right as a mother and as a leader in my home, and they're still going to have thoughts about me that perhaps I don't agree with, or I don't think that's true. And that doesn't define me, that doesn't define them, but this is just an example of, maybe the cultural and the social pressure that we, we have in the different roles that we are a part of. And the last piece that I want to talk about is just this need for self-preservation, which in some situations, when you control how others perceive you. It might be a matter of personal safety or security when you feel threatened or vulnerable, right? It might be. Now, that's not always the case in a majority of the time. It is not the case. But self-preservation, when you feel vulnerable, sometimes for me, that just feels like open. It's like I'm lying naked on the floor (laughs) for everybody to see. And I remember giving birth was probably physically the most vulnerable place I have ever been in. Um, in any situation where you are literally, everything is just open wide for everyone to see. It was the first time, I remember the very first, my oldest, okay, I have five children. And I remember when I gave birth to my child and I was walking into the hospital and my water broke and I it broke as I was walking in and I thought I peed my pants right this was my first kid so I just felt so vulnerable and I like begged my then husband at the time can we go home and change I don't want to go in the hospital looking like this <laughs> and looking back I mean that that version of me was just so scared and Part of like my own self-preservation was like, I didn't want people to see that I had peed my pants. But what in reality was, right, (coughs) excuse me, my water had broke. I just didn't know. And sometimes self-preservation feels very much like that. Like you don't know what you don't know. And that to me feels vulnerable. And so rather than like embracing that there are just things I don't know or have enough information about, I try to control the environment, I, can, I try to control, you know, the way people think about me by how I dress, maybe by how I talk, and it's not always done consciously, there's a very unconscious piece to this, but I want to remind you that, again, none of this is right or wrong, it is not good nor bad, it is not better or worse. The brain will often try to put things in categories and make things very black and white because it doesn't want to navigate the paradox of, of understanding the complexity of being human, because we can have awareness of why we want to control the other people's perception about us and still not know how to change that. Right. And then, uh, for me, I remember when I realized I was doing this and it was a response and it was like a learned behavior that came, was developed from trauma. It didn't make it easy just to change, but because I had the awareness of it. Sometimes it uh, takes time, but I want to give you just some insight that when I navigated this part of me, like this need to control other people's perception of me, a lot of it came, the, the way that I was able to navigate it came from like learning how to forgive myself and learning how to forgive others and the way that they thought about me. As weird as that sounds, and I was talking to my good friend yesterday about this, and she was like, I've never forgiven myself for anything. And she is just like this spiritual giant in my eyes. I'm like, what? You don't have a self-forgiveness practice? I thought everyone did. (laughs) And I guess I was wrong. But she was telling me how it's easy to forgive. And again, forgiveness can look... Differently, But as far as like at an unconscious level, forgiveness, when you can forgive the thoughts you think other people have about you, you're literally, that's a way of forgiving yourself, right? Or when you're forgiving other people's belief systems, you know, I forgive so-and-so for believing that I am a bad person. And whenever you practice forgiveness, I want to remind you that it is an act of will. And this has been my biggest tool in helping me change this pattern of response in relationships, is that I just started forgiving myself. I started forgiving anyone that brought perhaps discomfort in me. I started noticing when I was controlling or wanting to control other people around me and the way that they saw me and you know what all of it's fine the, the more I stopped judging myself the the easier it felt to navigate me as an authentic person as myself so those two tools I would encourage you that if you find yourself that you are trying to control other people's perception of you and that you need to I would start to practice self-forgiveness and um and then I would encourage you to stop Judging yourself. Some of us don't even know that we're judging ourselves. That requires awareness. As simple as that sounds, as simple as that sounds, I remember the very first time that I created awareness around this is I just started making a list. Where have people wronged me? I started looking at like, where have I wronged other people? I just started journaling about this piece to me so that I could create awareness of where I was judging myself because if you're judging other people you are literally judging yourself and so if you're not quite sure how to create awareness around the judgments you have about you start looking how at how you are judging other people because that which exists in others exists in you especially when you notice it Uh, so and with that if you guys have any questions or if you want to reach out and connect with me my Email address is Cory at Corywoodscoaching.com I would love to talk to you about this topic. And if there's any way I could help, please let me know. Right now, I offer free breakthrough sessions and discovery calls for those who are interested in coaching with me. I would invite you to email me and come and experience coaching, even if you've never had a coach before. Coaching is transformative and it's my favorite thing on the planet. So with that, I hope you have a great day and we'll see you next week.